Hello, everybody. My name is Paul, and I am with Robots with Coffee. And who's on the other side? This is Jesse. I'm also the East Coast. Yes, representing uh, our nation's capital. Mm -hmm. Which is not under fire or anything like that. Not, not at this moment. Not going the heck in the handbasket. Are you getting any tornado warnings? We had some come through earlier in the week, I think on uh, Thursday. So we're we're getting that weather. Yeah, we're getting we're getting like the the, the remnants of harsh weather in Iowa, and here uh, in Illinois. So it's been raining, and then the weather calls for rain all day on the weekends, and there's no rain. We've been getting that, too. Yeah. So, you know, some of us are like, hold up in our cozy apartments with Skyrim, <laughs> waiting for stuff to happen, waiting for some, waiting for that excuse not to go outside. Of course, beautiful sadness. Anyway, how are you? I'm good. It's yeah. been a good week. Uh, had a great Memorial Day last weekend, did some barbecues, and uh, aside from the uh, the tornado and the um, losing power for a bit last week, it's been fine. It's been going well here. How about yourself? I have been okay. Um, I'm not doing the intense physical labor I was doing for eight months, so that's good. And... I think we, this is something that we w wanted to get back to or retry for a long time. And we did this some time ago, but it was a botched attempt to record. We just never got around to redoing it. Right. And for whatever reason, Eric, um, kind of an, another friend of the robots with coffee who lives two blocks away from me, you just never get over there to do this again and if we do uh we're doing other things you know we're grilling or watching a movie or something like that and that's what i would do if i was living two blocks from you which is an option i should be living <laughs> two blocks from you um but we want to get back to doing this and there's there's some things that i've wanted to talk about for months and hopefully we'll find time to do that and get back on this. So if you're listening to this, you're probably downloading it direct from the Robots with Coffee site until we find an app or whatever that allows us to host this, which I'm sure there's options, but I'm going to budget. And we're recording it pretty cheaply. <laughs> um, so uh, if you don't know who we are, we post pictures of toys and coffee. And occasionally we talk about toys and coffee. Uh, I make comics about dopey looking robots and you make photo comics. Yes. And how much of your toy buying is driven by photo comics? The you? Or... Um, more of it than is probably healthy. Yeah. Because there are definitely times when a toy will come out that I have not very much interest in. And then all of a sudden I get an idea mm -hmm. for a comic and then I have to go buy the toy. Oh God. <laughs> There's not an alternative. It's like, nope, I no, got to commit to the bit. At this point, I'm doing so many of them mm -hmm. that if I get an idea, it's, you know, I, I need, <laughs> I need to go get it so that I have enough to keep doing it on a, pretty much daily basis it's it's a commitment to go out and get three of reflector yes so i could do two two com i got two comics out of that yeah so far um and so how is reflector um i will i had been planning on getting that. That is probably the toy that I was most excited about uh, from the Siege line. And uh, actually, that that segues nicely into a question we got from uh, Daniel Brandt on I Twitter. Uh, 
at driver underscore 270 mm-hmm. um, who asked best TF toy of the year so far. And that's my pick because I'd wanted reflector since I was a kid and I never did the mail away for it. Yeah. Because at the time I was mostly getting the smaller, you know, mini bots. Right. And There's only ten, so many robot points. Right. And 10 bucks. There needs to be bucks. a redistribution of robot <laughs> point wealth. And that's and, why I'm voting for Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> Sorry. She's going to send us all robots. Yeah. But um, and it also, you know, obviously, like a lot of the toys, it didn't look like the cartoon. And this is the first, you know, there have been a smattering of toys. There was that exclusive from a few years back that mm-hmm. was uh, incredibly expensive and incredibly hard to get. Was that an official release or was that? <laughs> that was one of the... Um, the the partnered conventions oh so as as official as those things are and but this is you know they they look like the cartoon they're they're very accurate to that style and you can do you know the little lens on one of them for viewfinder and have the other two without it and they do become a pretty good camera uh, even the guns that they all have are pretty similar to Viewfinder's, uh, the toys G1 gun. So that was an, and, and then you can plug them all together and have a, a tripod, which is just a really, really great detail. And, you know, as soon as I saw that, that's like, I have to get that. I don't care if it costs as, you know, $10 more than a leader class figure. I need to have it's... my reflector. <laughs> You would think that they would have thought, I mean, is the wave three of that figure and then one of one other figure? I think it's just two. Oh, okay. I think it was originally going to be boxed uh, that's... three, three <laughs> per pack plus like that, two of some, all the other deluxes. That's some collector running around from store to store to store, try, you know, picking up two from the wave that the store gets and then running to another store to get the one. I felt so, I was stupidly lucky to just somebody posted on Twitter, hey, reflectors up on Amazon. Mm. And I put my order in. There were like 15 of them total. Yeah. And I managed to get my three. So. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to check that. I, it's the Siege toys, you know, I've. Okay, I've only got one, but everybody else has picked up stuff and. The kind of cross hybrid of vehicle modes that are Earth or uh, Cybertronian, you know, uh, I don't think it matters as much as like the figure, the, the the robot figure itself. I think people really are stoked about how everything looks like the character, which you know. They've made strides here and there, but like getting Siege Ironhide will be so much cooler to replace Generations Ironhide. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. His head doesn't even pop out. Yeah. Fully. And um, and to be fair, you probably did get the best deluxe figure of the line so far. <laughs> yeah, I know. I this is side swipe on there. I think I don't care what. TF Wiki has to say, sideswipes my guy. I make fun. Yeah, I know. But I love sideswipe. I, I, I kid because I love. I do too. I, you know. Yeah. So um I'm I'm keeping my eye out for others, but I haven't been rushing out to get stuff. It's it's interesting. Interesting. It's interesting to see how uh they're sort of just recycling the same characters again. But they're giving us sturdier, more representative figures that aren't masterpiece. Right. Yeah, that's uh, Sideswipe in particular, and really, to a degree, um, the Siege Optimus Prime are both essentially mini masterpieces. Even Prowl, the way his legs fold up, is very reminiscent of the uh, the masterpiece toy. So they've been learning. You know, they're they're taking some of that engineering and applying it to uh, just the main line, which is great, yeah. especially since the masterpiece figures are starting to uh, balloon in price. 
yeah, I don't know what that's about. I don't know who. I don't know who. How much money they think some of us don't have or do have. Wow. Sorry, Casper. I think. Uh, I feel like they're catering to the high the the high end collectors market more than ever. They realized people there are people out there who will pay the price for this, and there's fewer of them. But they'll pay pretty much whatever, so they can charge four fifty for masterpiece volume you know version three optimus prime and yeah they're gonna lose sales but then they can recoup that uh because they're getting a a higher profit from the individual figures and i think that's gotta be just the the super seeing how the super high-end collector's market has been working with some of these like 3a toys Mm -hmm. you know the flame toys stuff that's like nearly four hundred dollars they're looking at that and saying we can we can get into that market that's our money is what they're saying right yeah and um i mean hound was just announced and he's going to be 160 170 which is wait is that masterpiece or is that yeah masterpiece which is insane for a carbot sized toy uh which is you know twice what uh what ratchet and ironhide were yeah I mean that it's I'm out. <laughs> so I, I I may get the new Bumblebee just because I like those proportions, but you know I saw is it Toy World is doing a Bumblebee movie masterpiece style Optimus Prime that from the previews they've shown looks absolutely astounding. And if that's going to cost the same as Bumblebee or Hound, then I think I'd rather go that route yeah. and get the official. Because it's not like Hasbro or Takara is going to be coming out with a masterpiece Bumblebee movie Optimus Prime. I I only have so much space to begin with. <laughs> that's the other thing, too, is I have no space for most of these. As you find out when a package shows up at your door. Right. <laughs> like, surprise! <laughs> And I need to I need to start making more space. I'm running out of places to put robots. Oh, see, that's the market right there is a collapsible. It's a figure that opens up like a shelf former. <laughs> you know what I mean? That can hold the other transformers. Boom. We got to rush out and make that figure, that third party figure. And give it it's a bra. The, the coffee table book that folds out into a coffee table. There you go. Yeah. Kind of sticking to the toy thing. Mm-hmm. I uh I've mostly been doing some of the siege stuff. I've I picked up uh, a few of the Walmart minibots which uh, I've I've really been enjoying the G1 reissues. I've just not been oh. able to find most of them. So who's in, who's in the, so is there specific to Walmart? Yeah. It's a uh, a line specific to Walmart. They did uh they did a Devastator set last year. They did a oh, Hot Rod. Oh, oh, these are the reissues. Right, 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 right. Okay. I thought this was like Siege, but just no, 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 no. The 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 G1 reissues. Okay. See, and, kids, I I have not been looking up any news. <laughs> but uh, I I I have been enjoying those mini bots. I've been loving Siege so far, mm-hmm. and uh, the the Studio Series line is still going. It's been interesting to compare that to what they're doing with Siege because the Studio Series line is very much in the style of what we've been getting for the past five years or so from Hasbro. Mm -hmm. And some of them have been pretty good, but looking back on it compared to Siege, where Siege has been doing sturdier plastic more weapons ports more joints uh more paint and then looking at the the studio series figures where it's thinner plastic less paint fewer joints fewer accessories it's just it's a marked difference between the two especially given that um they cost the same so like for instance shatter Mm-hmm. the appropriately named shatter Uh-oh. which comes apart <laughs> as you transform it 
which I, I decided to pass on not only because the reviews of it were so abysmally bad, but they put the wrong head on it. They put like a, uh, a face mask version of the head, which was from, I guess, some early design uh, pictures rather than the one that was in the movie. And you know, you compare that to like Siege Sideswipe or Hound or Flywheels or any of these. Yeah. Which have just been really great toys, really solid joints. And uh, the Studio Series line of late has been a little disappointing. The two uh, big exceptions to that being the Studio Series Bumblebee movie Optimus Prime. Which is a stellar figure. That's right up there with the Siege figure, if not better. And uh, my favorite figure from the Studio Series line so far, Scrap Metal. Which I have no intention of buying all the parts to build Devastator, movie Devastator. Mm-hmm. But it was just such a stupid looking figure. Yeah, it's, it's like this goofy old style robot with like clamp hands. <laughs> and uh, I just and it has the stupidest, ugliest face. And I just love it to death. As as if you've been looking at any of my photo comics since I bought that figure, you can tell that I really like that figure. Yeah, I think the uh, I think the winner for the year has got to be Bot Bots in general. I yeah, think, you know who doesn't who doesn't like Bot Bots? They are enemies to fun. <laughs> I don't know anybody who doesn't like them. And I would I would kind of wince and like ew no this is dumb no it's great and I I've, I've bought more than I had planned to so that that's the like in general the line of the year I haven't like I've I've passed buying is it cyber 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 Cy- cyber cyberverse like they had they had a slipstream right. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, the, I have the Takara slipstream, but I didn't want to shell out the money for a repaint of Windblade. And when I think it's yeah. yeah. And in all fairness, uh, they're not great figures. Well, um, I mean, it's a kid's line, right? But they're they're pretty sorely lacking in uh, articulation. Although some of them. I, I got uh, a couple for my kids, like mm-hmm. the, the big ultra, ultra or ultimate class Megatron, mm-hmm. which they love. Yeah. And uh, the ultra class uh, Shockwave is pretty good. The The Shockwave figures in the line have been pretty solid. Like they for whatever reason, they have more articulation than most of the other figures. So uh, if if you don't want to shell out the money for a Siege shockwave mm-hmm. the uh cyberverse ultra class shockwave is pretty good i wonder if just being this giant purple thing that has no discernible agreed upon alt mode it could be anything makes it easier to make shockwave figures like yeah i cooler. I, I, I don't know I, well his his cyberverse alt mode is a, a total disaster <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a spider tank, mm-hmm. which may be why it has more articulation because they have to make the arms and legs move right. to crawl around. And uh, the problem is, it's just it's it's terrible looking. But it's not the worst alt mode that he's had. I mean, at least it looks like something rather than oh, he folds up into a spaceship looking thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 like subjective. It's mm-hmm. like it's just the kids probably won't care what he turns into, and the collector is like, "Hey, it looks like Shockwave, and how Shockwave <laughs> should look." Segwaying uh, over to, we got one other question uh, from Alex Mendoza on Facebook. Does it have to be coffee or robot related? Uh, what are questions? Uh, comics, photos. I guess. And I think uh, I think that answer is no. 
it can be one or the other or both. What's, what was he in reference to? Was he in reference to that questions was just, for us? Yeah, questions for, for us. Oh, yeah. I guess if you're listening and you're like, oh, they're talking about toys. I know there's been less emphasis in what I do on toys lately. So, and heaven forbid I can't shut up about politics. Ask it away. Ask anything. Yeah. I got plenty. I got, I got plenty on my mind. You know, <laughs> and, I was I was gonna rant about garage sale, but that could be for another time. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been trying to keep the tie to coffee and the photo comics, mm-hmm. at least on some level. But it's likely moving forward that that's probably going to be a bit more tangential. And obviously in the drawings that you do, you, you, you've got the dopey robots and sometimes they're drinking coffee. I think you can assume that they're all highly caffeinated at any particular point in time. Yeah. I think at this point, like if you, if you haven't gone past the title of what we do, it's just our umbrella to do say whatever we want. But like, I don't think I've drawn anything related to certain, you know, transforming toy lines in like five years uh, outside of like, I'm pickled brainstorm, you know? So it's just a nice stepping stone, but going, going and doing things and, not involving the exact title referencing other things uh, is a little freeing. And I may move. I've done been doing kind of the cafe setting. There you go. <clears throat> and I just do Transformers because it's one I have and they're pretty poseable. But like Listen, I've thrown, I've thrown in Gundams and stuff before. Scrolling down your list, I think we had like TF. Yeah, I'm not too interested. I, I still haven't seen the Bumblebee movie. And I haven't watched the cartoon yet. Well, if um, you haven't seen it by October, uh-huh. then, uh, yeah, we can watch that when you uh, okay. <laughs> come for TFCon. Yeah. Um, the comic. You're still reading the comic. I'm still reading the comic. They have a, they've, they've got some of the previous artists involved. Yeah. Uh, doing covers. And I think Kaizama's come back and doing the interiors. Mm-hmm. So, well, like, she's also going to be busy with Death's Head and Death's Head at Marvel, churning out the books. And I think Nick is going to be doing a cover for that for the yeah. Death's Head book. That's what I saw too. But yeah, I think uh, they've had Sarah Peter Doroche doing some of the interior for the last issue or the issue before, mm-hmm. and they've got a few. A few other um, like longtime fan artists who've been doing covers and interiors, Anna Markova and uh, uh, Coralus on Twitter, are doing some interior and cover work as well. I think it's great when they get you know the fandom involved. Yeah, or at least people congratulate that level and the editors take note. Well, that's how a few of the folks who were doing the last uh, sure. phase of IDW stuff got involved, like uh, I think Andrew and Casey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were they they were they did a cover here or there and were chosen. They they are doing other books. Yeah. I know. I keep my ease my ease. I keep my eyes peeled. I don't talk to anybody except for when I'm talking to you. So. <laughs> That's kind of sad that I don't know how to pronounce words anymore. <laughs> um, but like hey. Corin Howell has two books out. One, yep. uh, both through oh, three books because she's got one with Tim Sela called Dark Red. And then she's got the Calamity Kane. And then she just wrapped up one called Girl on the Bay. So I'm keeping, you know, keeping tabs on where some of these, uh, creatives from the last run are showing up because that was like half the magic for that run mm-hmm. for me at least was uh those the consistency in that group of artists 
Well, and, and speaking of people from the last run, mm-hmm. James Roberts has a new comic coming out. Yeah. Uh, which... Star Child or something like that, tied into some tabletop RPG. Yes. And shame on us for not having that pulled up right now. <laughs> um, I think it's a three issue. Yeah. Someone should bring him a truckload of money so he can write another book. <laughs> He'd be, you know, I think someone at Marvel would love love him for DC. I'm not his agent, but if he wants an agent, I would gladly take the top thirty percent or more to help out. <laughs> well, I'll, I'm interested in seeing his writing style outside of Transformers, which is and for weird. kids. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. I, I, I showed it to my kids and they were both uh, pretty excited about it. They're like, yeah, yeah, we can w- want to check that out. The, the you're concept. Gonna like, you're going to be like, wait until I get the annotated script. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where the real fun is. I'll ask when when the when the book comes out, I'll ask if he'll have uh, annotated scripts at uh, at his next convention. Right. Those are always a blast. I love reading those. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be back uh, in the U.S. anytime soon, since so he's not going to have a TF back. book out. But uh, I'll bug somebody at TF Nation to get me one. That's a good idea. Maybe we can do like a, a trade. We can send them copies of the coloring book and say, hey, did you? Uh... <laughs> shipping shipping's going to be killer on that, though. Shipping everything is killer now. I, I'm upset because... I do want to send stuff to our British and European friends. Um, and not just in exchange for TF Nation stuff, but just like even now, sending something in a priority envelope is way too expensive. And I, again, if anyone has, ever has questions about mailing stuff out in bulk through the post office, you know, hit me up because it's only what I used to do for a living. <laughs> but yeah, like they've changed. They changed a lot, especially in the pricing. It just got jacked up, and it was before. It was like if I could just keep this under three pounds, twelve ounces, it won't be that bad. And now it just like doesn't matter. Well, and if I wanted to share the book with somebody overseas, they probably can't get over there. You know, it's like oh, this is a giant hardcover book. Oh, it's over four pounds. Forget it. Now it's under three pounds. Under three, four pounds. It doesn't matter. Well, that's upsetting. Well, that's what I found out. Like a, a few years ago, when I first got on Twitter, uh, I bought a figure from Maz, uh, yeah. tra- Transformers Square One guy, and uh, like it wasn't bad. Like shipping was like six pounds. Yeah. And that was fine. Mm-hmm. And a couple, like a year or two ago, I sent something to uh, to Becca. Mm-hmm. That was a it was like a little Hallmark, Hallmark plush that they don't have over there. Right. Shipping was like fourteen dollars. Yeah. For that. It was yeah. in an envelope. I mean, it was in like a big padded envelope. Yeah. Anything. I'm not even sure how to get around any of that now. If I would send one comic at a time in an un. In a, in a not rigid manila envelope, it would still probably cost too much. At a if certain it's the, point, if it's in a rigid envelope, it, it would be like, oh, it's this is technically a package now, and that's the problem. It's at a certain made. point, yeah. it's cheaper to buy a plane ticket, fly there, and hand deliver it to them <laughs> than it is to, uh, to I think, actually mail stuff. I think we have our next Kickstarter GoFundMe project, which is to get us both <laughs> over to England and deliver. The con- or we'll just go to a printing press and print them there. It might be cheaper even that way. <laughs> By the way, uh, James Roberts' book is called Starcadia Quest. Ah. And the artists are um, Aurelio Mazzara. So the comics. We're enjoying the comics. I'm, I'm enjoying the comics. It, it's been a very slow build. Um it's- that was up until issue five, the biggest complaint. It was just like, where is this going? Yeah. The last couple issues have really, I mean, my big complaint was there was a lot of political intrigue, but we didn't know any of the content of it. 
Right. It's like, oh, there's this Ascenticon movement. Well, what are they about? Yeah. Well, we've really only found out in the last two issues what what they're about. And we still don't know precisely the distinction between the Ascenticons and the Rise, except that the Rise appears to be the militant wing of the Ascenticon movement. But, like, the murder mystery finally moved on a bit in issue five. And it's less a mystery of who done it than why. Yeah. Um, but it's just like we got a lot more meat in five and then six, this most recent issue, I think it's six, gave us uh, some more background on Prime and Megatron, which was welcome. So I, I, I really did enjoy the last two issues quite a bit and hopefully there's been enough laying of groundwork to uh to really get things going from this point forward because i like the world mm -hmm. that they're building i like this version of cybertron i like the characters um it's just been kind of slow yeah but if if we're if we're finally getting past that then i'm happy it takes a lot for them to do world building in these comics. And then especially with like a schedule for a $4 book to do so and have it established and then stick to it. I guess the phase one continuity of the last IDW run, they were still referencing things that really no one cared about. Like the dead, universe they had well, to keep coming back to that and it's worth remembering i know there were some comparisons between this and the uh the the phase two idw mm -hmm. phase two or phase three or whatever it was yeah but that was building off of several years worth of comics oh yeah yeah and if you go back and read the like infiltration or the early uh idw comics that simon Furman did that's the same complaint that was leveled against that. Yeah. Was that it was super, a super slow build. Well, you didn't see Optimus Prime until issue six. Right. Of uh, the first book, the first series, which I haven't revisited, you know, and I kind of wonder, even though I love the, the stuff that drew a lot of us together, I have, I'm going to go back and reread it. And hopefully I'll, you know, I get rid of a lot of my comics after a while. Mm -hmm. So, hopefully that's not the case with those comics. Shakes well, fist at Sky. That's why I moved to digital. Yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't take up any space at all. Yeah. And IDW is, is nice in that, unlike Marvel and DC, once you buy the comic, you can mm -hmm. download it as a PDF or uh, a couple of other file formats. Oh, so that you can have... Too. Yeah. So that oh. you can have the actual, you know, file. You're not just getting a license. Yeah. So if Comixology goes belly up or IDW does, you can download all that stuff and still have it. Which is which is great. And then they've had all the uh, um, uh, Humble Bundles. Right. Yeah, I've picked up a few of those for, as gifts for people. Like here, I'm I'm pushing my comic uh, preference on you. Merry Merry Christmas. Well, if if you do a reread, I thought the Furman stuff was actually pretty good. Yeah. Um. And then there's All Hail Megatron. Mm -hmm. And that's that is a thing. Well, you know, I don't think anyone's gonna agree on any of those books because mm. no one was happy with any of those books. And you know, um. Although I think there's a lot of dislike for the Costa run as it was coming out. And maybe Mike Costa, who has been vocal about what he felt were limitations, maybe he just didn't know how to proceed and, you know, tell a story with those characters beyond the usual good and evil. Um, it didn't take until Roberts and Barber and then Scott to dive the personalities and it's how the stories go from there 
And it's worth remembering some of the good stuff that did come out of the Costa run, which was Thundercracker. Thundercracker. Well, that was a seed that was picked up on and and elaborated to great, you know, to to this new spirit animal of of R.I.D. I always loved the Ironhide part, the miniseries, because it was mm-hmm. Casey Collar interiors, which were great for Cybertron, you know, revisiting Cybertron. And then something that I wish was revisited was Alpha Trion being a jerk. <laughs> so if you haven't, you know, if you, I would go back and reread that because it was very action packed and gives you a different sense of uh alpha trion for for starters uh that would have been way cool in later comics yeah that, that's a, it's on. a fun action-packed comic and uh casey collar has not gotten enough uh doesn't get enough credit as, right oh uh, he's 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 as good as any of the other people oh, any of the, like headlining folks that's that was always the bummer because for you know for some of us who would pre-order the books and that they would make it that you could pre-order which cover you wanted either through your store um often half the books didn't have half the covers you know solicited mm-hmm. they weren't ready yet i didn't want to i didn't want to order a book that in early you know order the cover and not see the cover yet but then it'd be like oh and here's casey's cover a week before the book comes out it's like darn it i ordered the other cover and nothing against that artist but those casey covers are always great yeah so yeah absolutely wish he did more interiors hopefully we'll see him do more interiors um and andrew griffith let's and, see more and, all right let's see all, all yeah yeah they're they're all great they're all great no complaints <laughs> Um, interesting thing that came up uh, last night on Twitter, actually, the inordinate amount of bass players among Transformers fans. Where did fans. that come from? Uh, Andrew Griffith tweeted something about the Cure album that was, you know, his formative influence oh. as a bass player, which I knew that he was a musician. I didn't know he played bass. And then I thought about you, obviously. Obviously. Yeah, and I then I'd, I'd remembered other people who mentioned that they were bass players. So I made that comment and they all started coming out of the woodwork. And I wonder why. <laughs> well, I mean, this I is w- entirely unscientific, but it, it, you know, I, I wonder why there's is, such a high percentage of bass players among Transformers is, this, fans. This is obviously, if you can all fill out the survey monkey at the end of this podcast, and we're going <laughs> to submit it to our sponsor, Rickenbacker Bases. Uh, and heart key combo amps, <laughs> you know, just just so we can, you know, get our funding. Nah, I'm a pre- I'm a precision bass and ampeg guy myself. Sometimes I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, precision bass? Yeah, the Fender precision bass. Oh, 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 okay. I'm sorry. Yes, I'm also a Fender bass person because you can because they take a look at. Yep. Uh, but I have a uh, I have an SWR. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's tiny. It's 80 watts. It's loud for 80, you know for for a 10 inch speaker. So I love it. I need to I need to belt it out. Uh, but I don't have as many guitars as you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need to start doing stuff with that again. I did, uh, for Memorial Day, I did get out to one of the barbecues, and uh, the hosts had uh, an acoustic guitar. So we had a sing-along. Oh. Um, did, like, uh, Wagon Wheel, I think, and uh, did a couple Wilco songs, and then the kids wanted to do Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, and, you know, lucky for me, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, the ABC song and Baba Black Sheep are all pretty much the same song. What? So once I figured out the chords, it's like, OK, well, I can do those three. It's so we had a, songs. had a nice I, I, I played one of my songs. Yeah. Um, I snuck that in. 
and uh yeah it was fun it was fun to play in front of people which i haven't done in quite some time so i need to uh to start practicing again and maybe yeah. i'll uh i'll hit up some open mics or something this summer maybe a joint uh podcast performance i think that's doable we need to work up uh the transformers the movie soundtrack oh on bass and guitar for uh, <laughs> for, T- for tfcon in october actually uh so there's a there's a band called metroid metal that did that doesn't mean that we can't do it well there's always those guys who um are selling the cds that are like Mm-hmm. Transformers inspired, yeah. yeah. That could be us. We could we could do we could do that with like hints on scalping toys or whatever. <laughs> well, that's, that's, well that's, our, that's our album. Well, is, well, is, uh, you know, skew numbers for upcoming figures when you go to Target. I'm gonna. This is your agenda, but I'm gonna jump down to other stuff. Is that cool? That is fine. I think we've okay. covered everything else. Yeah, because one of us is buying toys and consuming more media than the other person right now, and uh, that's totally cool. I just can't keep up with the Joneses, and I definitely hope you're, you're not just buying these things to impress uh, people. You're making the comics, the photo comics. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I am ultimately getting all this stuff for me. Yeah. I mean. You know, would I have bought Reflector if I wasn't doing Robots with Coffee? Absolutely, because I've wanted that since I was a kid. That's funny. And I'm I'm I, happy. I'm tempted to buy it too because it's awesome. It, it was it was you know it's steep for uh for, for a camera transformer. Right. But uh, the individual figures are good as well. For such an you know it must seem like an odd gimmick in retrospect. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad they did it. And, yeah. I, and oh, no, no. I, I wish it was. A, I wish they sold it as three pack. I think, I think the same amount of people would have shelled out the same amount of money for it. I think so. I, I think the problem being that they wanted to get the people who were just going to buy one, as well. Who is that person? <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's. It does transform. Into, no, I get it. But I just, if you're going to do that, you're, you're going to make reflector. You're going to make the camera guy. Yeah, I mean, his his whole shtick is, like, he's the guy who's three guys that turn into a camera. Yeah. And then he fills out crowd shots. Yeah. Because he maybe has some sort of cloning ability. It was never made entirely clear. I, I think that those... That's the great part. And, and that's what I would love about, like, a season 2.5 or something that continues on with the G1 Sunbow Sun cartoon is them just keep doing dumb stuff like that and never explaining it and i would watch <laughs> every episode i would break out the vcr and tape the episodes um but i see that we're gonna jump to the other things on the agenda here and those are just just as other other stuff <laughs> which is non-transformers I think, related I, I think the one big thing that you and i want to probably like you know our eyeballs were glued to the tv to youtube in april for borderlands 3 yes so you've seen the have, there are people doing the twitch have you play. seen have you seen any footage beyond what they showed when they announced the game and had some playthrough i did watch a little bit and like you i didn't want to watch too much because i'd rather experience it myself right and I watched it because um, trying to figure out if certain voice actors are in the game. Because obviously Claptrap has been replaced. Yeah, and I hate reading the brouhaha about that. Everything about like the ownership of Gearbox versus is... the game itself. It's just like, oh, I'm cringing just reading about this guy who keeps digging holes for himself PR wise. Like, why do you have a Twitter account? And the thing is all the other people who've worked on these games are great. Yeah. You know, you got the birches who, you know, Oh, and, but that's, that's the other thing too. So I think you and I maybe talked about this, the jokes that we've heard so far wasn't laughing. Mm. And I would normally be laughing at everything. I don't know, uh, but the playthrough itself looks great. 
from a mechanical perspective, yeah. it looks like it's going to, you know, it, people were complaining about it not not being different enough. But really, all I want is, you know, I just wanted more. Yeah. And and this is going to have new new locales. Mm-hmm. It, the menu system's been revamped, mm-hmm. which is always a good thing. Yeah. It looks like there's a slightly more robust cover system. And uh, and it's got lots of guns and you get to shoot people. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're 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 playing the game for the variety of guns. Right. I think the, the guns have uh, secondary modes, modes, modes. Some of them. Um, that's cool. Possibly, I don't know how much I want them to change the guns. You know, if I if I have a gun that you throw and it explodes, that that's more than enough. But the rules about the guns from Borderlands 2 to Borderlands 1 were more consistent per manufacturer. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, there, there's more personality to those weapons, and uh, weapons have personality in these games, I guess. So hopefully they don't change that up too much in the next game. Um, I just I hope the locales are uh, are like they're not just levels. That there's something with each. You know, if you're going from planet to planet to planet, hopefully that what you're getting as far as advancement in their technology and making these games. You don't just want it to be reskinned. You want each of these different places to have some personality of its own. Right. Like if you're going to go to a place like, oh, we need to go to the next, you know, to the next place. Hopefully, like when you go to the planet where Malawan's at, that is that that's not just one level. There's several levels on that planet because you're on a different planet. That's what I would think. I don't know. Hopefully that's. Hopefully I'm not setting myself up. That's what I like. It would seem to be part of the open world yeah. aspect of the game. That you, you'll be able to jump to these different... It'll open up over time, but then you'll be able to jump to these different places and do side quests and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's that's what I'm hoping for. That would is, mean I have to get a PS4. Is there a release date for it? September 20-something. Oh, wow. Yeah going to be a busy time between that and uh what is it the the new hideo kojima game death stranding which i think is coming out november it's it's you know hideo hideo kojima who is the metal gear guy and after he broke with konami Mm -hmm. he signed up with sony to do this death stranding game and it's got like uh Guillermo del Toro and uh, okay. what's his name from The Walking Dead. Yeah. Um, and it looks storyline wise absolutely bonkers. Absolutely what you would expect from Hideo Kojima with nobody walling him in. Gameplay wise, who the hell knows? Um, Borderlands 3 comes out September 13th. Ah. I can look that up with technology. I'm ready to go on that. Yeah. We'll have to have to rope Brad in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll you'll have to hear about our uh, adventures in Borderlands Three. Um. Let's see. So that was like the big, the one big media thing that's not Transformers that I'm pretty sure you and I wanted to talk about. Yep. And uh, any good movies? Um. I, I don't I mean did you see Godzilla? I have not yet. Um I knew this I'm weekend, still... you know, I I just really didn't have a free moment this weekend. I'd kinda hope to see it today, but oh. I knew we were doing the podcast. I knew there was right. other stuff going on, so I'm probably gonna try to see it on Tuesday. Because it's Godzilla, you know. I still haven't seen Advent of Ending Game for crying out uh, It's been spoiled for me. Thanks everybody. But it, I that knew that was gonna, gonna, I, that was that was going to happen. I knew that if I didn't see it, and I just didn't have time or money to run out and see it the night of. I've see. I've actually been to the movies quite a bit in the last uh, six months. 
on your own or, or the kids taking you? Some of, a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, I saw Bumblebee twice. One of them was the early, the preview showing. And then I took my, my oldest to see it. And uh, what else have I been to see? I saw the Dragon Ball movie, okay. uh, which was great. Um, and that was by myself because nobody else was going to go with me to see that. And I've seen all the, the superhero movies this year. Um, took my wife to see Captain Marvel, which she really liked. Yeah. And uh, we all separately went to see Shazam, which, of I mean, Endgame aside, Shazam is my favorite superhero movie of, like, the last couple years. It was just so, so good. It was interesting to watch a superhero movie that it... I don't want to say it took cues from the Marvel movies in terms of mm-hmm. storytelling because, yeah. but it seemed, you know, I never watched justice league. I watched Batman versus Superman. I watched man of steel. Mm-hmm. I watched man of steel and felt bad afterwards. Like I felt <laughs> physically ill. I think it's okay for them to take cues though. Yeah. Since it, it, knowing that people walk out of the other movies going, it, what, what was that? Man of steel was just so relentlessly grim. It's just this weight. And I actually enjoyed Batman versus Superman, but more. <laughs> I yeah. liked Jesse Eisenberg. I liked the absurdity of that movie. Um, that, this is your vision of Batman and Superman. It's like, right. what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. Um, it, it, it was fun, but almost in like a mystery science theater sort of way for me. In a way, you know, you're watching like a Zack Snyder take because that's his look. Mm-hmm. And then if you watch Endgame, it's made by these guys who probably don't have like a personal style that or touch that other filmmakers would have granted it's more competent and better than what i would have what i've enjoyed by zach snyder which is very little Um, 300 that's good but they make it's like they took on the task of having to cram in all that gram and make it into a coherent movie. And they're like, yeah, we're the guys who can do it. Well, and that kind of comes back to the the point, the roundabout point I was making about Shazam. Mm-hmm. One thing that's I like about the Marvel universe is that there is this very singular vision. You know, Kevin Feige is there yeah. reining everything in. He's ta- you, you can have all these different directors that bring their own touch. You know, you can look at Black Panther, which is really its own thing. You can look at Doctor Strange, which has, um, you know, visually and in terms of the power sets that everybody has is is unique. But they all feel like they're part of the same universe to the point where when they all come together, it worked so seamlessly in Infinity War and Endgame. And I do like that. But watching Captain Marvel and then watching Shazam made me realize just how formulaic all the Marvel movies can be. And it's still a good formula, but Shazam manages to be a movie that has a more freewheeling feel that you tend Mm -hmm. to get in the the Marvel movies where everybody's a little more quippier. They're willing to joke around a bit. They're willing to have fun. But they still take the source material seriously. But they had more room to breathe and to move, especially since they weren't trying to tie this into anything mm-hmm. else DC related. I mean, there's there's one little bit in the after credit sequence that ties it to that. Well, and a and, couple and other little details. Maybe that's but, just how they should make movies from now on. And it, it was fun. Mm-hmm. And it. it it really did feel like the Bumblebee movie, when you see it, felt very 80s influenced aside from the setting. Right. It felt like an old Amblin film, complete with like the the almost cartoonish violence. 
and the overall plot and story and the jokes. And Shazam in some ways kind of felt like, you know, a, a throwback to um, a lot of 80s movies that straddled the line between comedy and horror. Yeah. Like Gremlins. <laughs> because there were some really pretty grim points to that movie like they they do a great job of setting up savannah as a bad guy um by having him do like awful awful things like almost like frighteningly awful things and then that's the counterpoint to that is billy as shazam Mm -hmm. who's this bright sunshiny guy who's you know just trying to get through life and having fun yeah and, you know, it can be it it can be a little jarring, but I think that was intentional. I think that's what they were going for. And like I said, it was it was a breath of fresh air. I really did enjoy that movie quite a bit. Say nothing. My life is bleak and sad. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You've had a few movie reviews up. Yeah. yeah if you check out robotswithcoffee.com, I'll catch up with movies as if they're not from 70 years ago than stuff that kind of comes my way i'm waiting to see under the silver lake is that what it's called it's got the second spider-man in there oh you know what i'm talking about yeah 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 so that went straight to dvd i guess there wasn't even a like a theatrical not even a limited theatrical release i think one of the more recent movies i enjoyed was something called uh the clove hitch killer you can just watch it on amazon i rented it on amazon and it's by like new filmmakers they've never made a movie before and it's their take on what someone would might react if they found out someone in their family was a serial killer and so there's a review of it on the dot com that's the movie that I was most impressed about that I've seen in the last five or six months. Cause I haven't been, I mean, I saw spider verse and that was, was it was, that was still, I think most people are surprised at how great that movie was. So seated expectations. And there you go. That's, that's what's new. I think if I think maybe I'll link something uh, movie review wise. I don't get that. But then like, again, in the last last five days is the time I'm not going. You know, I haven't been going to bed at like eight o'clock or nine o'clock at night now. Because I have a new job. Go out and do things. I should go out and do things. Go see a movie. She go see a movie. Go I see Godzilla. Godzilla, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's pretty much it, right? Yeah. Uh, I've been, I've been wrapped up with uh Transformers stuff and uh, work. Yeah. So <laughs> I haven't, yeah, I you think, know, I'll get, I'll get out and see Godzilla this week, and I'm I sure think you'll. It's, uh, it's nice. It's something that we keep talking about doing, and and like I say, now is the time because again, my my work hours are back to normal, mm-hmm. and I have I have normal things back in my like life that I can do, so that's good. Well, we'll we'll see if uh, technically this uh, this worked out, and uh, yeah. if not, I have some other ideas for recording. Okay. Well, um, in the meantime, so your Twitter handle is at RWC Jesse, and mine is at Robots W Coffee. There's a website called RobotsWithCoffee.com and Facebook.com/RobotsWithCoffee. So that's where you'll see stuff. I'll tell you that I'm working. Oh, if you if you ever tuned in, if you ever uh, we had a Kickstarter last year. You remember that? A successful Kickstarter. A successful Kickstarter. Very successful. Um, some people have asked if I'm doing another book. 
I, I was hoping to, but not this year. However, I will have another collection of comic strips at TFCon. Uh, and I'm working on that right now. I may have a couple things as well. And, and, and Jesse and I uh, talk about how to get those things made. Yes. Yeah. So I'm with <laughs> you on that. All right. That's it. Right? Have it. Yep. That's it. Yeah. Everybody. Well, thanks, for, thanks for tuning in. And uh, I don't I want to say what day this is because it'll probably take a couple days for one of us to get around to editing it. Um, and I don't know when the next one will be. Right. Sooner. Sooner. Yeah. Sooner than later. Not not a year in place. And definitely don't be surprised if it's me and Eric um, with one microphone between us. Uh, At some point. That means you're fine. No, not (laughs) yet. No. (laughs) Is your idea. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But if you got questions, drop us a line on the social medias or at robotswithcoffee at gmail.com. And I'll pass the question on to Jesse if it's for him, which is fine. I don't, you know, it's not like I need friends or anything. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Anything you want to add? Nope. Have a great week, everyone. Have a great week, everybody. All right. Thanks for tuning in.